0: Welcome to another Directions Mag podcast, co-hosted with our friends at Eurisa. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Directions Magazine-Eurisa podcast collaboration. I'm Siobhan Van Allen with Eurisa's Vanguard Cabinet. Joining me today are Whitney Kaluski and Raina Kamau, the founders of Black Girls Map. Black Girls Map is an organization that uses GIS to bring focus to racial equity and social justice issues. The MAP and Black Girls MAP stands for mapping with action to pioneer progress in our community. Whitney and Raina are gonna share about the important and timely social justice and civic engagement work of their organization. Welcome, Whitney and Raina. Thank you for joining me today. Can you each introduce yourselves and share about the mission and objectives of
1: Black Girls MAP? So, Whitney Kotlewski here. I am a design program manager at Esri. particularly focusing on uh, user experience interactions with our software and product. Um, so I work with um, desktop web mobile applications, helping kind of craft uh, user experiences. But that's the day job. At night, <laughs> Rain and I are working on BG Map community mapping projects. And so uh, a good portion of my work is really just in not only kind of group a part of our initiative uh, you know, come up with easy to use, easy easy to digest uh, content for community members to engage with, um, but also just working through how to take core key issues and making them visually um, just appealing and also uh, pe- for people to just be able to interpret them and understand clearly what's going on around them. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, and uh, my name is Reina Kamau, and um, Originally from Kenya, I just have uh, been uh, living here in the u s for the past seven years. I work at Esri as well as Whitney, and I serve as the capacity at the capacity of a strategic or a technical advisor for most of Esri's partners. I am a co-founder of BG Map alongside Whitney, where we, um, we decided or we kind of share the same passion, which is using location intelligence or using GIS um, to visualize uh, social issues impacting underrepresented or um, marginalized communities. Um, and so that's pretty much, you know, how we got started. A, a quick kind of... Um, uh, background is, you know, Whitney and I have been uh, friends, and um, we were having lunch one day, um, and we were just asking ourselves, you know, it would be, you know, it would be nice to see a, a, a some sort of representation because it's not a lot of us black women. You know, within this field of GIS, and we just started wondering, you know, how can we find where women in GIS are, and let's connect because um, it, it was it was a little evident that we did lack representation in the GIS field, and so we decided to come up with Black Girls Map, and just like Siobhan mentioned, the map in there um, stands for mapping with action to pioneer progress um, in underserved communities. So when we got together we wanted the first mission was to just where is all where are all the other black women in GIS um, and we and that kind of kicked off our first project where we used Esri technology to um, visualize and to kind of um, use some points on a map to show or to uh, to find out where where other women are in GIS. Um, but that we didn't stop there, right? We wanted to um, create awareness, you know, especially in regards to GIS that there are Black women in GIS. We wanted to celebrate. Black women in GIS because you know as I mentioned we there wasn't a lot of representation of a a, a lot of representation for us um, and thirdly we wanted to have a platform where we would connect with each other and we found like uh, our user conference that you know we typically have in San Diego tended to be one of those connection points where we would um, we would connect with other Black women. In GIS. So that's primarily how we started. But we, we started evolving because Whitney and I have a passion and um, a a passion also in the technology, right? We, um, we both kind of have our strengths in, in GIS and um, in the tech aspect of it, where uh, Whitney is a senior kind of design, um, and, and she she kind of primarily leads most of our development efforts, um, and I've used GIS in, in various aspects, so um, just putting together issues or talking about issues and then visualizing them using GIS tools is another passion we found to have or to share, and so that kind of evolved our mission, um, not just to uh, find out and promote or celebrate Black women in GIS, but also use the technology and using this technology, just vocalizing or amplifying the issues and primarily the social issues that are happening within um, that are happening within uh, within underrepresented communities. So that's a, a brief introduction to uh, to who we are.
0: Taking a step back, when was Black Girls Map founded?
2: So we're about uh two years, one and a half.
1: <laughs> yeah, like about one and a half, but it one feels it feels longer. Um okay. and actually Oh no, I just I did wanna shout out oh, um, you know, it was about a year and a half ago and really what ignited Bgmap because um I've been I've been tinkering around with the idea of community mapping for a while, but it wasn't until Autumn Jones, who's no longer with us, um, but she was a key contributor to just, I think Rain and I's just, uh, I guess empowerment of even doing an initiative like this. Um, and it's spawning from um, an employee resource group at Esri initially, um, but she uh, was our kind of our mentor there and pushed us, you know, gave us the nudging. She was kind of like a, a mom, but also friend, sister, kind of, you know, collaboration there. Um, and so she she nudged us to to just get our feet wet and to get out there and just do it. And so I think that's been kind of our anchor right now um, as far as the continuation of our work since about a year and a half ago um, from Autumn, who we, we definitely like to dedicate a lot of the work that we're doing to her.
0: The amount of projects and content you produced in a year and a half is so impressive the scope of um, topics you've covered and the robustness of the information like i applaud you both this is a great resource and to think it's just come together in under two years too it's very impressive. <laughs> thank you yeah it's
2: the it's a whole teamwork behind this so we appreciate it
0: Great, thank you. So besides mm-hmm. the two of you, are there others involved in this work, helping you um, create the projects or develop new projects?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we have uh, several different team members, um, and this is spanning not only internally through Esri, but outside of Esri as well. Um, and so it's really, I think, Ray and I are introducing community mapping, which she can talk a little bit more about. but we've realized that there are people with desires to kind of do more with GIS um, than even just their immediate roles. And yeah, Reyna, do you want to get in a little bit about our mapping teams?
2: Yeah, sure. We we have we we have a group of people just like Whitney said inside and outside of Esri because we there was a conviction behind them they they want to use their talent and they want to use kind of like their skills um, especially with everything that's been going on They you know there's that question of what can I do to help you know I'm a GIS expert I work with it I, you know I'm a developer what can I do to help especially with um with kind of like the social climate right now and so. Um, um, and I'll talk about some of the projects that we actually got involved in. But the first project that I mentioned, I think I believe in in the introduction there was mapping, right? Mapping uh, black women and finding out where uh, where these black women are, and having an application that was um, consuming or w- was pretty much visualizing different uh, women in different places in the U.S. Um, and that's, we call that the mapping Black women in GIS. So what the map highlights is just where Black women are by state. And it also kind of provides individual profiles of these women um, within the field of GIS. Um, another of our projects that we've uh, we've worked on and, you know, we, we've uh, we have a team that we work on these projects with um is a black businesses application and this is primarily just a crowdsourcing application that allows for uh different community members or community groups to add and view black businesses um in california um and and um amongst other other projects here we've We've had uh, with the COVID situation and with um, with the whole pandemic this year, we ca- we came up or Black Girls Map uh, published a story map um, that pretty much discussed the socioeconomic impact of you know the disparities that Black people are experiencing during this pandemic. You know, a quick example would be like in um, I believe in Chicago that you know we there's not a huge population of um of the of the of the black community yet they were a group or a community group that was um highly impacted. Um, and, you know, dwell, delving further into that map, into that story map that we were putting together, there were aspects that were contributing to these results. So um, just primarily using location intelligence, location intelligence and the tools, you know, that ESRI has pushed out for us to visualize these, um, these issues that directly impact underrepresented communities. So um, those are Three kind of broad, uh, three uh, specific projects that we've worked on, amongst others, um, and we do have some other projects that have been highlighted um, on our on our um, website as well. Um, not and not only do we do that, right? We we have other we have other initiatives and kind of other engagements that that we've been involved in. So,
0: yeah. For the projects that you focus on, how do you decide? Uh, What projects to select? Are things that you both are passionate about from the beginning or do other people bring topics to you that you then research and develop?
2: I would say a mix of both uh, where we um, we have been driven by uh, passion um, for different topics for these projects. And we've had uh, community members or folks reach out to us asking us about um, different projects as well.
1: I think like a prime example would be the, uh, we did a project for fatal police shootings, investigating fatal police shootings, and really that just spawned from the fact that we had just learned about Botham Jean um, being uh, shot and killed in his apartment. And we realized, you know, after countless others were being mentioned following that month, um, that we wanted to do something and we didn't just wanna make a social media post or, you know, wear a shirt or something like that. So we decided, let's use our tools, let's use you know the skill sets that we have available to us, the resources that we have available to us to, um, to have a discussion about how we feel. And I think during that process though, something interesting happened where, though we had um, our own personal feelings around um, these types of interactions and altercations that you see that end up very deadly for African-Americans and also other minorities, um, we realize though that you know, in order to have a very serious conversation about something that is reoccurring and impacting you know us even if it's indirectly um is that we have to do it with facts. We have to do it with data and let the data speak for itself. so um, through that process, we realize that we can't let our emotions sway the conversation. All we can try to do though is just try to find as much data and resources. To have a discussion about the issue, and hopefully that will shine through um, to start educating and bringing awareness to the importance of the topic itself. So that was one I think that was true to our hearts because we really, we really started. I think this idea of you know letting the data speak for itself um, and letting that kind of guide even just how much how much we kind of go as far as how much we go with um, the research that we're doing uh, was a prime example of that. Um, there's other there's other projects like mapping the state of immigration in the U.S., talking about the detention centers and not just saying, you know, this conversation around building a wall or not, but let's just talk about the detention centers themselves and who's in them, you know, how many young people are in them. How many people without, you know, being separated from their parents? And we can also have a discussion about who's making money, you know, for every head that's in a detention center. Um, the same goes for prisons and incarceration. You know, how who's making money off of this? You know, it's not just a coincidence that it's certain types of people. Um, and also when you look at the location of how they're, um, I guess, being entered into these systems, you know, <laughs> it's also there's there's things, too, that you see from maps that can be very telling of borders and how they're being produced. And so you know there's there's all these conversations that take place um that are happening socially, obviously today with the rise of all the protests and there's so much social tension um across many things around topics like health and Abortion, you know, women's rights, uh, you know, you have all your race-related issues, which really are part of most of the issues going on um, right now um, that are immediate. And so it's like, you know, you have to let the data speak for itself because it's not going to be good enough if Rain and I and others that think like us or um, have similar, I guess, feelings towards the, the particular social issues. Uh, it's not good enough for us to have a conversation amongst ourselves. It's not going to do anyone justice, actually. Um, and then it also doesn't do us justice to to say, Hey, marginalized communities, this is what's happening in your community because most likely black men know that they're being shot more <laughs> than any other type of demographic group um in America. You don't need a map to tell them that that's why they you know from birth, they're told. Be careful when you go outside and so it's like, you know, we, they don't need you to necessarily tell them, but what we're trying to do, and I think what Rain and I have found with the work that we're doing is trying to educate and empower people who can help, people who can make a difference, people who are in power, that we can shift their thinking so that they can start providing resources for change, of um, having their backs against the wall are obviously caught off guard, they're not gonna be able to do it on their own. And so those people who have the skill sets, those people who have that power, we're hoping that our maps and things like that will be able to inspire them to do more.
0: I think um, something you said that really resonated with me was that the way you're curating and presenting the data to people really makes it accessible to maybe people who weren't thinking about the topics through a certain lens or maybe open yeah. to a discussion on it. Um, but the way you share data, it, it makes it really accessible and digestible for people, and it, it's targeted so the conversation doesn't spiral, that it shows right. <laughs> clear information and keeps the conversation focused, which I think is um, really important in the dialogues that we're having. Correct. Are there any other broader community research projects you'd or Black community-focused projects you'd like to highlight in our conversation? You've touched on a lot of great ones that are accessible on your website, but I don't know if there is any others you'd like to mention.
1: Yeah, um, so we have uh, a project that's going to be released, I, I believe, and Raina, correct me if I'm wrong, because um, we've, we've backed the date a little bit They are changed a little bit, but um, in October, we'll be releasing our People for the People work, um, and this is all geared towards uh, the election, um, and this is spawning from the fact this was, uh, I guess, Black Girls Maps' call to action uh, to the recent and current events of George Floyd, the protest, um, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. I mean, you can there's countless others that we can mention, and um, you know, I because really there's a place happening, it stretched a lot of these things that were already kind of stewing (laughs) underneath the surface, they were happening, but we just didn't, they didn't bother, I think, um, socially as much. Um, I think individually, it was bothering people, but not in a public kind of space. And so you have this strain that takes place on all of these different events and disparities and it kind of just blows up. And so that's kind of what we're seeing as far as this politic, convers- the politics go of everything. And so Rain and I wanted to do something, once again, inspired to do something, to have a voice in all of this. Um, but we wanted to obviously use GIS as the forefront. So we said, let's get people together. Let's see how many people are also feeling frustrated about everything. And let's just get people to vote. So we called it People for the People. And we're hoping that people will vote For people with hearts for people, for all people, not just some people um, or those people. Uh, And so we've we've created different mapping projects. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, We've. That's a two-year-old that just ran through, and this is just the life of a mom in the middle of a pandemic working from home. (laughs) But uh, that's very uh, real. (laughs) This is a real, real real-life situation happening here, and my husband's face too. Um, uh, So, what this project has entailed, though, is we had about 150 plus individuals that signed up to support. Our initiative um, from all over, not just from Esri, um, coming together, creating teams, managing teams. I mean, we are pretty much an organization running on its own with people just volunteering their time. Uh, as you can see with the time that I have and, and the fact that my trio just jumped in, um, most people have obviously, Rainer herself, very busy. We're stretched, the pandemic, as far as Esri's business goes. Uh, we were very um, involved from the beginning. And so a lot of us have take have taken on lots of work and with the, uh, the racial kind of pressures as well. We've been trying to answer that as a company as well. So a lot of work being done, not just from a professional uh, business as usual standpoint, but then there's all these other things too. So, you know, trying to get people to volunteer time when, you know, time is kind of blurry right now. It was amazing to see that people did it, that they had such a desire to want to change something, to to be part of change, that they jumped in and um, wholeheartedly just gave their all, helped us craft and create um, different various types of information products, um, ranging from not just story maps to um, even just New, new innovations, we have this thing called sentiment mapping, which no one does. Like, this is not even something Esri does. Um, but sentiment mapping is basically a word cloud that also maps those responses on a map. So when you ask a question like, how do you feel about race relations in the U.S., people can say how they feel across the nation. Um, and you get to see where those responses are. You get to see the words. You get to see the words and not all this other noise. You know what I mean? You get to see people say sad depressed, uh, discouraged, Um, you know, some people saying hopeful. You know, and you get to read context about why they're choosing these words. And so that was something that I think was really innovative from our group as a sentiment mapping, along with the fact that we've also been leveraging other organizations' work. So uh, groups like Ballotpedia, which is a, a big resource for people knowing who's come, who's running in the election um, you know, for, for specific parties and, and for your state or district. And we've actually created a whole new app. So this application is like no other because of the fact that not only are we making it uh, visual on a map, um, all of the different candidates that are running across the US for House and Senate, but we also are labeling people uh, if they are female, and um, if they are also a person of color, which is something that most people don't talk about. Uh, obviously, for given reasons of, in politics, you try not to talk about the race situations of the candidates and um, specifically for parties, but we wanted to call it out because I think in this election, you're, you know, we've, we've identified many women who are running, um, which is awesome, uh, which is a change in the tide, but then also too, seeing people of color and where we hope to be um, in the future, no, not as many, but definitely more than what we've had. And so there's progress there, but there's more progress to be made. But until you people start to see it visually, we won't know uh where we've where we've come from and how far more we need to go. Um so this project is really dear to our hearts. We're hoping that it um changes the political landscape as far as campaigning goes as well, using mapping data. And we talked a little bit earlier about using data to be the thing that drives the conversation around issues. Well, we also can use data to to measure the work of people that we put into office. And so we do have things like tracking bills and tracking who's been voting on bills. And you can start to see when you put someone in office, what did they do and what did they vote on? You know, and so when we start talking about re-election This is huge when people can go back to a map and say, hey, you didn't do what you said you were going to do or you, you know, or you did. And this is great. And we want to reelect you because you've been consistent. Um, You're not just following trends or you're just not following what you think uh, will get you reelected. But you're truly standing on your word and your values. Um, And these are your core values. We can see it here um, over time. So definitely a a really awesome project that we definitely wanted to note. That's great. Mm -hmm. I
0: like that. It's not just relevant for the upcoming uh, presidential election in November, but it has life beyond that. And the work continues well after the election, holding people accountable and looking towards future elections as well. Yeah,
2: Mm, absolutely. Um, And just talking also, so, so what Whitney was talking about is pretty much our current project and it's where our efforts, our efforts are. Um, But prior to that, we've actually collaborated with um, some different community organizations and one that comes to mind that was very memorable and kind of something that really brought about a conviction was mapping, um, uh, initiate justice. Uh, So they are pretty much a uh, a community organization and their mission is to uh, end uh, mass incarceration by activating the political power of the people it directly impacts so what they do is they organize their members inside and outside of prison so This group has members um, in prison, um, and what they're doing is helping advocate for their freedom and specifically changing criminal justice policy. So what we did, we ended up just uh, working with them. Um, They were collecting data from inmates that are in prison, and um, they were trying to find out a better way to collect data, a better way to analyze this data, and a better way to share this data out to um, their group members and so what we did you know we took we took some of the data that they were working with and we worked together and we put together a small application that they can use to collect data and not only collect data but use gis to visualize the information that um that they pretty much uh, want to 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 show to their group members so it's um it's an organization that was i think founded in 2016 and there was um it's one of those uh, one of those projects that we got involved in um, that we 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 shared the, the, the same kind of um, uh, the same thought process and just understanding the power of location intelligence um, in these types of in these types of topics.
0: If someone wants to get involved and help support the work of Black Girls Map, how can they do that?
1: Well, right now, um we're in the middle of revising and revamping things. So right now the website um is our go to, bgmap.org, bgmapp.org. Um and that's where people can just get in contact with us. Uh coming in the next coming weeks, we will have our People for the People campaign, um, which Reyna and team are, are leading. And they will be basically not only advertising on social media, but we'll have it on our website as well, ways that people can not just, uh, not only just view the, the content and engage with the content that we've created from our teams, but also be able to come sign up and support us, which means this isn't just the the one, we, we, the reason why we call it like the people for the people initiative is so that it could live on by itself. Um, so, we're hoping that there's a part two. We have a lot of uh, interest groups uh, that are are interested in kind of taking what we've done um, as the foundational layer and then building that up and, and you know obviously expanding how many more people. So from 150 plus people to even more people across um, the nation globally. So we're having conversations about uh, how far and wide. This this initiative will go. Um, And so we definitely will still always need people who are interested to kind of take what we've done and and help us uh, even make it grow into something even more special. So definitely the website, I would say, um, is a place and then the social media, which Raina can talk a little bit about.
2: Yeah, so we um, we had people reach out for um, in different kind of levels of engagement. So there's people who reached out to us and they, you know, they want to, you know, get involved in the project. We've had folks who want to support, and their form of support is either, you know, reposting or just showing support by um, uh, uh, sharing some of the work that we're doing with different uh, community groups here and there. So, like Whitney mentioned, um, they can reach out to us on on bgmap.org, or um, we have, I think, I do believe we have a, a a contact us uh, button on our website, but we can also we also have our social media um, platforms, which is at BG on Twitter and uh, Black Girls Map um, on Instagram, and we typically get some uh, some engagement in those social network platforms where folks have reached out to us via DMs, of course, um, and as well as <laughs> as well as um, uh, uh, private messages. And we, we always take those seriously because we take those uh, interactions and we formalize those, uh, those conversations to, um, to get to exactly what, you know, someone was reaching out about. And we also have LinkedIn, right? So if you go to LinkedIn um, and type in Black Girls Map, we, there's a group there um, and we've had some sort of engagement and interaction um, for that, so um, that's prim- primarily how you can reach out to us. You can even reach out to us um, via our email alias, which is bgmap um, at esri.com. Whitney, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I.
0: Great, thank you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I guess kind of wrapping this up. Some of my final questions are: um, so after People for the People launches and that gets going. What is next for Black Girls Map? And is there any data or issue that you would really like to feature next using your platform that isn't available yet?
1: Yeah, Siobhan. So that's a that's a good question as we're I think still figuring that out as well. Um things that are next uh, um, after at least this this first haul of the People for the People initiative um hopefully we have some good results in November, but uh, is we're doing a lot of speaking engagements and mentoring. Um, so we've been asked by MIT um, and other universities to be able to help their students get more engaged with community mapping um, from various different types of departments. So from urban planning to English, you know, English literature departments, wanting to, you know, use story maps, wanting to use GIS tools to be able to um, to be able to basically insp- to basically impact uh, their own immediate communities, but also just use their knowledge base of their academic uh, kind of knowledge and then combining it with now this kind of data visualization. Um, kind of form factor. So definitely is going to be fun to see young people. I think that's been an inspiration of ours um, as you know, Rain and I both weren't coming from GIS uh, fields initially and then kind of just got into GIS and we saw how far we've come. Um, We're just hoping that we can inspire others to to do the same and to come with their own new flavor and vibes. Um, And then also for people to see that representation. Every time we walk into a classroom, every time we show up on a call, even this podcast in itself, We're two Black women, you know, two Black women who didn't initially start out in GIS, but have kind of made it our own. Um, And we hope to inspire uh, not just for people to look like us to do it, but that's also going to be a win um, for us to show that there's diversity in GIS. And that this is just one of many tools that um, you can use to be able to have very serious conversations that can initiate change. Um, You don't have to have a bunch of money. You don't have to have a huge amount of support. Me and Raina just kind of did this on our own. Like I said, Autumn Jones pushed us to do this. But, you know, no one, you know, a year and a half ago was talking about Black Girls Map. um, And if, if anything, a lot of people had... Very a lot of reservations around the name Black Girls Map and why you needed to have a Black Girls Map. You know, that was the conversations we were having. And so even just to be in this opportunity today on this podcast um, to talk about all the work that we've done since then, since those early conversations, is just showing, you know, what one step, one risk can do um, and how it can open so many doors. And so we just hope that as we get to these classrooms, as we talk to more people, as we help people manage conferences on diversity, um, An inclusion in g i s that we can um just continue to inspire more people to just want to initiate change through data visualization
2: absolutely, and I think just to echo what Whitney said in regards to the future, I think we'll just continue um just as we started because when you're working on a on a passion it's not a job it's not you know it's not um it's not something that you feel like you're tasked to do it's pretty much you know what you are convicted about and your effort and energy that the energy and effort that you want to put into different social aspects that come about. So we'll just continue um, mapping and we'll continue using our talent and our skill to visualize social issues that we think need to be visualized and need to be spoken about, especially um, in the GIS realm.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I failed to mention Rain, I think we both did. Um, We are on the agenda items of things that we are signed up for, or we've been signed up to do, uh, we're also going to be writing a children's book. So that is something Mm -hmm. that is a very new territory for Raina and myself. Um, And uh, yeah, we are looking forward to not only just writing the children's book, just because that's an awesome opportunity, but um, we we get a chance to showcase application centered around lost Black history. So it's kind of like our answer to gentrification that's happening across the U.S., um, but we've made an app that basically lets you tour Black history in Harlem, and so that will be the kind of scene, I guess you would say, around the plot for our first initial book that hopefully will be a series of books and a series of apps that um, our teams will be creating to support um actual engagement with the, with the book that we're writing. So it's been a, it's really fun just because we're going to see a different world that we're not into, which is literature kind of yeah. meeting now this GIS world that we're into. Um, and it, and hopefully it inspires young people. Um, we also have the chance to uh, kind of bring out the the young, uh, you know, person of color uh, to be maybe in a lead role. You know, we have the chance to be able to do those things that we didn't get a chance to see when we were growing up in school, when we were reading books. Um, you know, and so when we start talking about adventure and solving problems and taking on the world and all these things that young people kind of, in their purity of hearts, you know, get to think about, we get to write a character or our characters that can reflect things that maybe we didn't see when we were younger. And so, uh, you know, speaking from a mom's perspective I get always teary when I talk about this because I think of my daughter being able to who's she's interracial but she definitely has um more skin that looks you know more darker skin than her father um but she she's seeing that book probably is going to be more the, the world to me um just because of the fact that she'll get to see someone that looks like her hopefully in that book so definitely uh Exciting times for us to kind of be promoting little hidden figures mm-hmm. <laughs> during this time. Right.
0: Well, the well, that's first of all, that's an awesome opportunity. How cool! It's something <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily, or I wouldn't necessarily think of, like coming out of your your project, like the opportunity mm-hmm. to write a children's book. What a what a cool endeavor. Um. So, are you saying that with each book there'll be like an app that goes with it to accompany? Yeah. It?
1: Yeah, so right now we, uh, Rain and I have worked with the team to create, um, and they're actually, this is, they're pretty much, I think they're in the mid fidelity of developing this app now. So we'll hopefully have it out by the end of the year um, in time for the actual book to be released next year around Esri's UC, I believe is when it will be released. But um, yeah, the goal is that we would look at different cities. And that was the initial goal of our application was to just have an app that lets you navigate. So if you're in New York, um, you could just you through, you know, streets of famous uh, black athletes, famous black musicians and writers and poets and activists. You could see museums, you could walk by um, even just the street that someone lived on or maybe it was a very um, prestigious street of black entrepreneurs, you know? And so there's all these like rich historical things um, lying around us um, especially in cities that have kind of been gentrified gender, and so uh we we hope to kind of okay um kind of recreating it through a, a mobile navigation app where you get a chance to listen to music on it um from music of that time period maybe um and then also see you know Information that you could read more on about like kind of what took place there, so when we look at places like Chicago or d c um you know these are gonna be cities that we're looking to kind of let be the the next steps of this application would be to take it to those cities and then possibly have a book around things happening in that in those particular cities as well, so yeah, it'll be an evolution of apps I guess around uh black history um For all ages, for all age groups to to read about and to interact with, um, and from all different backgrounds, Uh, even though it's Black history, you know, we want to make sure that it's um, at least, you know, people can learn about it, but anyone can learn about it. It shouldn't just be, you know, Black kids only learning about it. But we're hoping that, you know, it's engaging um, and exciting enough, um, the illustrations and everything else about it, and including the app itself, uh, can inspire young people just to see much more than probably what they're getting right now in school.
0: That's very cool. So we can look for that next year around the UC.
1: Yes, next year's UC should be a a nice debut for that.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Are there any last thoughts either of you have to share?
2: I think uh, it's not a thought, I think I, I wanted to maybe take this opportunity just to say thank you to to you guys for having us, um, and also to the broader um, People for the People team. We yes. had about 150 people who decided to dedicate their talent and their skills. In uh, leading projects and being involved in uh, different aspects of uh, GIS mapping, just to help, you know, provide uh, more information. To um, the underrepresented or marginalized groups, um, trying to make it easy to to and and palatable for all these election resources that we've been that are all over the internet. So I really want to say thank you to each and every team member who contributed at any capacity. We just want to say thank you because this this project that Whitney pretty much talked about, people for the people, we really we were really humbled by the number of people that came through um, and decided to take lead on several aspects and several projects that um, we'll be pushing out uh, next month. So um, I think that was what I wanted to say. I wanted to say a great thank you uh, to those. I think this is a legacy that we we built in the past couple of months since July. Um, and, and we're really grateful uh, that we got to um, work alongside you all.
1: Yep, yep. Thank you to everyone. Thank you, Siobhan and Barbara. We appreciate you guys for uh, letting us be on this podcast. And even Raina, thank you, because I know um, not many times do people get to see two Black women. I think there's power in numbers. And definitely Raina has has been my my better half uh, throughout this journey and process. And so Um, You know, I think it's very important for people to see us united and um, to see that two Black girls can do it. (laughs) Um, And so we're we're thankful that we have a team of people to elevate us to be able to do these things um, and to at least charge uh, these initiatives. Uh, And yeah, we couldn't have done it without the community and village that we have, um, both our Esri family and those externally. Um, So just thank you guys for for this opportunity again. Yeah. Thanks, Whitney. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, I would now like to thank you both for being here on the podcast and thank you for all this important and meaningful GIS work you're developing and coordinating. I'm looking forward to seeing the launch of People for the People and to your book coming out next year. I have a niece. I'm definitely going to share that with her. Um, it's awesome. really just exciting to see GIS being utilized to inform, empower, and, and connect people on important social justice issues, so I really appreciate you both um, taking your time to share your work with our audience.